and welcome to a new episode on the Eco Podcast. I'm Sarah, and today I have with me Tom from Plant Nutrition Canada, and we're going to talk about nutrient use efficiency and its indicators. As we know, all organisms need nutrients for their growth and for their development. We, for example, get nutrients from food, and we use these nutrients to grow our muscles, to move our bodies, for brain activities, and for basic metabolism. Plants also use nutrients to grow and to develop their crops. And since we eat plants, the amount of nutrients in their plant crops is crucial for our own nutrient intake and for our health. The SPRPN, the Scientific Panel on Responsible Plant Nutrition, just published a new issue brief on nutrient use efficiency in crop systems. This publication was mainly written and coordinated by Tom, who I have here with me today. Hello, Tom. Welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Um, would you maybe start start by explaining what exactly is nutrient use efficiency? Nutrient use efficiency, well, use efficiency in general is a ratio of outputs to inputs. And when we go to plant nutrition, we look at this ratio in a number of ways. It can be the amount uh, of nutrients taken up into the plant or the amount harvested from the field that is on the output side. And then the input side can differ depending whether you're just focused on the fertilizer or including other inputs, including manure, uh, atmospheric deposition, and, and others as well. So basically, it's a ratio of outputs to inputs of nutrients. Okay, so it depends basically what, put I, what do I give into the soil and what the plant takes up and gets into the plant and we take out with harvest, right? That's right. Okay. So why should a regular food consumer like me care about nutrient use efficiency? Well, in general, higher efficiency generally means less waste. Wasted nutrients can cause a number of problems with pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. So food produced with greater nutrient use efficiency tends to have a smaller environmental footprint. Okay. So that means all the nutrients that we give to the plant are efficiently used by the plant, metabolized, and we see all those input nutrients within the crop. Is that how you, what do you mean? In many cases, that's what we're aiming for. Get as much as of what we are applying into the plant as possible. Yes. Okay. And what would indicate to a food consumer a positive nutrient use efficiency? How can they see that? Or is there a way for them to see that? Well, I don't know of any food labels that require an efficiency rating, uh, but some organizations are starting to include a rating among the metrics that they use to assess the sustainability or environmental performance. One example is the Field to Market Alliance for Sustainable Agriculture, and they have a website on which you can look at progress in general of farmers in various sectors, uh, corn producers, cotton producers, for example. Okay. And how does nutrient use efficiency inform farmers? What can they learn from this value? Nutrient use efficiency is a valuable metric for farmers. They can compare to their peers, and they can also get a measure of their opportunity for improvement. They, what they can learn is that, uh, you know, if, uh, if a neighboring farmer is achieving a better nutrient use efficiency, that shows that they can possibly do the same. 
if the efficiency is a long way from 100%, that shows opportunity to save money, perhaps, on fertilizer inputs, if they can identify what factors are limiting their uh, nutrient use efficiency. So the goal for every farmer should be to reach 100%. Uh, that is not correct, actually. And we point that out within the issue brief that uh, there is more or less a desired range for nutrient use efficiency. You can, because the soil is a reservoir of nutrients, it is possible to grow crops with an efficiency that even exceeds 100%, depending how you calculate it. And if, the, if, if you're in that situation, what is effectively being done is you are using your plants to mine the soil of nutrient, but you're depleting that resource for future crops. So farmers are, are best off to aim for uh, a range. It's often something like 70 to 90 percent, but it, it depends on the particular situation and the particular nutrient as to what losses you can actually completely uh, eliminate. Uh, and most losses cannot be completely eliminated because this is a biological system. That there is water running uh, through most soils, and, and so there are some unavoidable losses. But we can strive for a, a desirable range of nutrient use efficiency. Okay, makes sense. And if we keep adding, if you give, give more and more input, the reservoir of nutrients is going to grow in the soil. So the next plants can always take more from that reservoir, no? This is true, but this has to be done with, uh, with, with limits as well, because, you know, uh, an indefinite buildup of nutrients in the soil is also not desirable. If you have one nutrient building up uh, and others not, you get an imbalance. If you get levels that are too high, then the soil itself becomes a source of pollution that could contaminate water quality in particular. Okay, because eventually all the nutrients would run into the water? Or... Uh, eventually, the amount running into water would increase. It is in interesting when you get into some of these environmental issues. It only takes a small amount of nutrient loss to affect uh, water bodies, for example. Small amounts of phosphorus can generate an algal bloom, and the amounts may be small relative to what we're using in agriculture and relative to what the soil is holding on to. Okay. Um, so how can a farmer then assess the nutrient use efficiency for their farming system? Because in the issue brief, you talk about different indicators. What are these and yeah, how can a farmer use those? Well, the fundamentals for a farmer uh, is to record the nutrient applications, where they are applied, how they are applied, and precisely how much. And then measure the harvested yields, uh, everything that's harvested from the field and then measure or estimate the nutrient content of what was harvested from the field. Those are the fundamentals for measuring the inputs and measuring the outputs, and from there you can calculate uh, various forms of nutrient use efficiency. And these are the indicators you talked about? There are many indicators of nutrient use efficiency. We point out in the literature there are papers that identify 18 different ratios. Not all of them are useful. We list about, uh, I think we've got about 9 or 10 in our um, issue brief, all of which we think have some particular uses and one of which we think is the most useful, uh, the most general indicator that we would refer to. The one we recommend the most is the partial nutrient balance. Uh, it's a ratio of the nutrients that are in the harvested crops to the nutrients in all the inputs, the fertilizers, manures, composts that are added to the field, 
the biological fit nitrogen fixation, particularly that done by legume crops like soybeans or alfalfa. And then deposition from the atmosphere has to be recognized as well. So there's, there's four things to assess in the inputs, at least four things. Uh, there can be irrigation water as well. And then uh, you're comparing that to what is being removed from the field, uh, either in the harvested grain or the gra- if the straw is also removed, assess what nutrients are in the straw as well. And that ratio is called partial factor productivity. We're not measuring every one of the losses, but what we're measuring is the output that is useful to us. There are more complex indicators as well, like agronomic efficiency and recovery efficiency, where you're measuring the response of the crop to the nutrients that you are applying. That is useful, but much more difficult to measure because then you have to assess um, that removal for both fertilized and unfertilized plots of land. That's difficult to do in a production situation. Okay. And these are the indicators for responsible plant nutrition, or are there specific ones that you would consider? There are there are specific ones as well. So when we're talking about responsible plant nutrition, we're taking traditional plant nutrition where we aimed to make crops more productive, essentially, and that increased productivity would lead to better profits for farmers, better income for farmers, better efficiency and resilience for the farmers as well. That is just one of the five aims of responsible plant nutrition. We also have aims to increase the uh, amount of nutrients that we're using from recycled sources rather than depleting natural resources. And when we have aims to lift and sustain the soil health, including the soil carbon, so paying attention to the maintenance of soil fertility and the and the organic matter in soil. And then we have aims as well to enhance human health by looking to the quality of crops we're harvesting because the nutrients that we fertilize our crops with can also be nutrients for the animals with which we feed those crops and for uh, the ultimate consumers ourselves as humans. And then uh, the fifth aim is to minimize greenhouse gas emissions, uh, nutrient pollution, and biodiversity loss. So we've got five different aims there, and there are different indicators that are relevant to each of those. Okay. And which ones are these, and how do they actually affect them? Well, okay. Well, as I've mentioned before, you know, the one we recommend the most is the partial nutrient balance of, of, a, of a field system across the soil surface. It's the easiest for a farmer to keep track of. It's relevant to aim number one, improving income and productivity. It's uh, relevant to the uh, maintenance of soil health, as I mentioned before, you know, we don't want a new, this form of nutrient use efficiency, particularly if it goes over 100%, we are depleting the soil of fertility. Yeah. And the farmer would have no, no nutrients left for the next generation of plants or fewer. <laughs> that's, that's correct. That's correct. And then we also find it quite relevant to the fifth aim, um, minimizing losses and emissions that affect greenhouse gases, water quality, air quality as well. The, um, the uh, partial balance is, is an indicator, of, you know, if, if the partial balance is low, that means there's a huge opportunity for losses. If it's higher, there's less opportunity for loss, losses. As we consider this, you have to remember that 
It's not only the management of nutrients that improves nutrient use efficiency. We have to assess crop genetics. We have to assess the, the planting dates and seeding depths of crops and everything a farmer does to manage a crop to get a high yield. All of those contribute to nutrient use efficiency. So, which means now, can we summarize all of this together? What can a farmer do to get a positive nutrient use efficiency? To improve nutrient use efficiency on the farm, it's everything that's required to produce a good yield. And then also practice the four R's of plant nutrition, applying the right, the best source of nutrients possible uh, at the right time, in the right place, using the right rate. And so it takes a lot of tools to do that. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what the farmer can do. We point out in our issue brief as well that this is not just a task to be thrown on to the farmer. The nutrient use efficiency improvement that we've seen uh, around the world has resulted from the efforts not only of farmers, but also of crop breeders, of uh, people developing technology for farmers to use, equipment manufacturers, uh, precision agricultural tools. Uh, all of those things contribute to uh, a general trend of improving nutrient use efficiency. Okay, so how could they use your publication to improve nutrient use efficiency? What can they learn from this? What they could learn is the different uh, types and calculations and identify how they differ from each other. There's plenty of confusion out there because a lot of people will start off an article saying nutrient use efficiency is terrible. There's so much fertilizer wasted because it's only 33% worldwide. And you can, you can legitimately put out a calculation that says it's 33%, but you have to look closely at the terms of the calculation to see what it means. And we point out that some of the ones that, uh, that point out a very low nutrient use efficiency, it's not really interpreted in the manner of the rest of the nutrients are all being lost to the environment. Some of that could be contributed to the following crops. Some of it is contributed to the soil. The measure we recommend, the partial nutrient balance, is if we calculate that out on globally for cereals, we, we come up with a, a higher number than that, somewhere between 50 to 70 percent uh, for nitrogen. And then there's all the different nutrients. Each of the different nutrients has different use efficiencies depending on how they're calculated as well. So it's very important to be paying attention to precisely how the indicator term was calculated before looking at the numbers in themselves. Okay, so it always depends on yeah you know, what yeah you know, which conditions are being used for the calculations, whether a term is actually helpful. Okay, I understand. So the next question I have is the goal of the work of the SPRPN is to achieve food security and protect the environment. So how can the, these nutrient use efficiency indicators help us reach the responsible plant nutrition? Yeah, what, how can we um, bec become more protective of the environment? Um, we've, we've calculated in separate publications the current partial nutrient balance for nitrogen in cereals is around 50%, perhaps as high as 55%. And recent publications have calculated that 
increasing this balance from 50% to 70% would alleviate almost half the greenhouse gas emissions associated with fertilizer use. Uh, achieving that would in, increase, would require a lot of changes to crop management beyond just the management of fertilizers, but it, it gives us uh, some direction at least. So how do they help us reach responsible plant nutrition? It, it identifies the crops by where we need the most effort. It identifies the cropping systems where the most Im improvement is required and also the nutrients uh, where we need the most um, improvement. Okay, so which kind of changes would you recommend? Because you talked about things would need to change. Oh, things we need to change. Certainly every farmer needs to be paying attention, I think, to the tools of precision agriculture. And that means managing sites specifically, whether it's with uh, large-scale technology or smaller-scale technology. Ensuring that attention is paid to alleviating nutrient deficiencies, but also attention is paid to um, avoiding over-application. Trying to get applications uh, applied as close to just before the time of plant need as possible. And that, that is different for different regions because, you know, there are regions within Canada where we have a fairly dry climate and it's always controversial, but um, uh, sometimes the most convenient time for a farmer to apply uh, nitrogen fertilizer is in the fall. And in certain zones, it works with fairly good efficiency. But if the efficiency is poor and you're applying in the fall, Certainly one of the things to try is applying more close to the time of plant need in the spring or perhaps even later than planting with a side dress or top dress type of application. Okay, so this would basically apply to the four hour of stewardship of the um, right time or right rate as well, no? You're right. As I was giving my answer, I was reflecting that, you know, around the world, there are so many different situations and so many things to try. The one universal thing we can, can say is pay attention to the four R's of nutrient applications, right source, right rate, right time, right place. It give, raises four questions for any producer. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it the best that can possibly be done? Good that we highlighted this point again. Okay. And for farmers, policymakers, or industry experts that are listening to this podcast now, where can they learn more about nutrient use efficiency? Where can they get more information or how should they get more information? What do you think? Certainly more information. Um, well, there's our issue brief. It's 11 pages long. It has a lot of meat in it, I'd say, and it cites 48 different uh, references in peer-reviewed literature on the topic. So, yeah, there, there's a lot that could be read. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a great starting place and uh, that it it's, gives some things to think about when assessing cropping systems and, uh, and farmers' uh, situations. Okay, this has been very interesting. Thank you, Tom. So the key message here is that nutrient use efficiency tells farmers how sustainable their agricultural practices are. It helps farmers understand how efficiently they use their resources, their nutrients, their cropping systems. And they can use different indicators to give different pieces of information. And indicators should always be analyzed 
based on what their input value is. Is that more or less how I, that I understood this correctly, Tom? Yes, uh, uh, certainly this, this can give guidance in calculating values um, and comparing values that are, exist in the literature. And thank you, Tom, for your time and for answering these questions. And if you want to learn more about nutrient use efficiency, head to the website of the SPRPN. And as Tom said, go to the latest issue brief and try to learn from that. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, maybe as a closing comment, I'd like to uh, commend the my fellow members on the panel. Uh, they all contributed a lot to this uh, brief. It, it took a fair bit of time for it to come together, but I really appreciate their contributions and I really appreciate this time to uh, elucidate it a little further with you.